0: 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7. Likewise, you, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. This is God's word. Let's pray. Gracious God, we pray that you would give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts. That we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Ronald Reagan told the following story. Ronald Reagan said this, I once addressed a very large, distinguished audience in Mexico City and sat down to rather scattered and unenthusiastic applause. And I was somewhat embarrassed even more so when the man who spoke after me, a representative of the Mexican government, speaking in Spanish, which I don't understand, was being interrupted virtually every other line with the most enthusiastic type of applause. To my embarrassment, I started clapping before anyone else and longer than anyone else Until our ambassador leaned over and said to me, I wouldn't do that if I were you. He's interpreting your speech. (laughs) Pride can get the best of us. And this morning we'll be discussing the topic of humility. We live in a day and age in which our culture is obsessed with self. We're encouraged to promote ourselves, make ourselves out to be greater than we actually are. And so we all need a conversation on humility humility, more than most of us are prepared to admit. We all think higher of ourselves than we'd like to admit. And so I've structured this message around three points. We'll see that Christians humbly submit to their leaders, Christians humbly serve others, and Christians humbly depend on God. And the main point, which I hope you see here in this text, is this, that humble Christians submit to their leaders, serve others, and depend on God. Humble Christians submit to their leaders, serve others, and depend on God. Last week, Peter addressed the elders in the church who we learned were not just the older generation within the church, but leaders that the Lord had given to the church to be overseers and shepherds. Peter emphasized that their leadership should not be motivated by the expectations that they thought that people would have. It shouldn't be motivated by money or influence. It shouldn't be motivated by control, but their desire should be to care for God's people with a willing eagerness. This is how God designed leadership in the church. Jesus shepherds his church through a plurality of elders. And in our section this morning, Peter turns his attention to the rest of the church And he first addresses the younger people in the church. Take a look again at verse 5. We see Christians humbly submit to their leaders. Verse 5 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Why does Peter address the young people in the church specifically? Well, There's a tendency when we are younger to resist the authority figures in our lives. We feel like we know better. And I think most of us who are older can agree that that's how we felt when we were younger. Most commentators agree that most likely Peter is speaking specifically to young men in the church. They are the ones who are often driven to prove themselves and are more likely to question the authority in their lives. But this doesn't mean that, that young women are exempt from this exhortation and warning, or that the whole church is exempt. All of those under the authority of the church must submit to the authority that God has placed over them. Peter has warned the elders that leadership does not mean they have the right to domineer. And now he speaks to those who are younger and says, followership does not mean you have the right to undermine. Both of these things are prideful, domineering and undermining. And both of these things are damaging to the unity and the health of the church. Humility is not something that we just look for in our church leaders, but it should be seen And all who follow Jesus. Earlier in his letter, Peter said that believers find freedom in their submission to God, freedom in which they can submit to others for the Lord's sake. And so Peter calls them to submit to the government and to their employers. And so if we can submit to evil governments and abusive bosses, we should be able to submit to the elders of the church whose responsibility is the care and oversight of our lives. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, the author writes, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. God commands that his people submit to their leaders and then their obedience will result in the care of their souls and the joy of the ones who are caring for them. But let me admit, no pastor, no elder is perfect. We don't always act in a humble way. But this doesn't mean that the congregation should not submit to the authority that God has placed in their lives. The people of God must submit to this leadership unless they are told to do something that is contrary to the word of God. But in this section, Peter is exposing the issue of pride. Pride in the church. He is saying to the younger people, if you're not submitting to because you think you know better. You're disobeying what God has commanded you to do. And you're acting out in pride. Christians humbly submit to their leaders. And next we'll see that Christians humbly serve others. Peter continues in verse 5 by saying, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In the same verse, he goes from exhorting these younger people in the church to the entire congregation, including the elders, by saying, all of you, all the members of the church should show humility toward one another. And Peter says that this is something that we put on. He says, clothe yourselves. The verb clothe yourselves refers to the tying on of a servant's apron. When a servant would tie on that apron, it was a symbol of their humble service to their master. And no doubt, Peter had in mind when Jesus tied a towel around his waist and he washed the disciples' feet. Jesus clothed himself in humility and like a servant washed the disciples' dirty feet because they all were too prideful to humble themselves. The reason we have to clothe ourselves with humility is because humility is never natural to a sinner. And even as redeemed people, we still have sinful tendencies. And so Peter tells us that we have to put humility on. But what does this humility mean? towards one another look like? What is Peter calling the church to do? What is humility? Well, simply stated, humility is rightly responding to who God is and who we are. Humility is rightly responding to who God is and who we are. The New City Catechism explains who God is by saying God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, his goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through him and by his will. And we, on the other hand, while created in the image of God, we have fallen into sin. Every one of us has rebelled against God and deserved to face his wrath, to face separation from him and destruction. And so in light of those two things, seeing God's holiness and our sinfulness, we should be humbled. Humility is rightly responding to who God is and who we are. The Puritan John Flavel said this, They that know God will be humble, and they that know themselves cannot be proud. The Christian knows that he did not make himself or can save himself. Humility springs from his total dependence on the grace of God. Humility is to be aware of our personal strengths and be thankful to God for them. Humility is also to be aware of our personal weaknesses and to be dependent upon God to help you improve in those areas. C.S. Lewis said in his book, Mere Christianity, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility isn't going around saying, I'm worthless, I can't really do anything. That's a false humility. Humility is thinking about yourself less. And yet, we all hopefully can admit that we are so preoccupied with ourselves. Our moments of service are often filled with our own interests. But Peter calls us to be humble toward one another. What does it look like to be humble toward one another? We get an idea of what this looks like in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. The Apostle Paul writes this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So we see here from that verse that humility is reflected in our attitude and in our actions. And so we close ourselves with humility when we let go Of our pride, and we serve others. Not doing things out of selfishness, but thinking of others as more important than ourselves. But we all have to admit that we are slow at dressing ourselves in humility. But why should we clothe ourselves in humility? There's a logic here. Peter's explaining. P- Peter quotes Proverbs three thirty-four in verse 5. Do you see that? Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God is opposed to proud people. Are you proud? Should we raise our hands? No, just kidding. But it's interesting, though, that most likely the people that say that they are humble are full of pride. And those who admit their pride are probably humble. But who are the proud? Who are the proud? Who are the proud that Peter is speaking about here? The proud are those who think highly of themselves. And they often don't realize it. But they set themselves against God and his gospel. They see dependence as weakness. And in the context of our passage here, those who don't submit to the care and authority in the local church are prideful. Prideful people only think about themselves and don't care about others unless they're going to get something from them. And the Bible says that God is opposed to proud people God is opposed to the proud that statement is more serious than most of us think there are things that we all hate for example i hate abortion i hate racism i hate Child abuse. But you and I hate nothing to the degree that God hates pride. God opposes the proud, He's actively opposed to it because pride seeks attention and glory for itself. And the scriptures teach us that God will not share His glory with another. And so, none of us should want to be opposed by God. But we all know that none of us are immune to pride. We are all guilty of it. And if you find yourself disagreeing with me, you're just proving me to be true. We must be actively killing the sin of pride in our lives and striving to be humble. The humble, on the other hand, are those who recognize their total dependence on God. And from that perspective, they recognize that they're not better than anyone else. God gives grace to the humble. Humility gets God's attention, but in a good way. Those who are genuinely humble see their sin And with repentant hearts go to God with their sin. And they recognize their desperate need for his help every day, in every circumstance. Our need of Jesus is great. Jesus tells us that apart from him, we can do nothing. Those who are humble, and see their need for the Lord are given grace. So contrary to popular belief, it's not those that help themselves that God helps, but it's those who humble themselves. Christians humbly submit to to their leaders. Christians humbly serve others. And now Christians humbly depend on God. Remember the context in which We are in in the letter of 1 Peter. These Christians were facing various forms of suffering and persecution. In times of difficulty, we are tempted to react in pride rather than humility. To be concerned about ourselves and ignore those around us. And so in verse 6, Peter writes, Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. The therefore points back to verse 5, which we just looked at. Those who are prideful consider themselves to be the ones who are important and believe that they're in control. And so God opposes them. But those who are humble, who acknowledge that they're weak and in need of help, will receive grace. So humble yourself, so that you will receive the grace of God. Don't fall into the sin of pride thinking that you can handle whatever situation that you're in, feeling like you can actually end the situation that you're in. You can't recognize your own powerlessness and weakness and remember that God is in control. Don't forget that you are under his mighty hand. Peter's reference to the mighty hand of God reminds these suffering saints of God's providence. The trials, the sufferings, all the difficulties in their lives are all under God's control and plan. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you, Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God promises security for his people with his hand. His hand is also used in reference to his saving power. In the book of Exodus, we are told that God saved his people out of slavery in Egypt with his mighty hand. And Peter says that this mighty hand is what believers must humble themselves under. God is sovereign. He is the Lord of all and all things bow to him. And so those who are his, those who profess obedience to him should be humble and submissive. And when we do, we have this amazing gospel promise that at The proper time we will be exalted. There is a time coming when those who have humbled themselves will be vindicated and brought out of their suffering. We have a promised future hope. He truly gives grace to the humble. And Peter learned this from Jesus. In Luke 18, Jesus gave the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector the Pharisee went up to the temple to pray and proved himself to be self-righteous. He said, God, I am thankful that I'm not like that other man. He trusted in himself and boasted about his outward life, full of pride. And then we have the tax collector who stood far off who could not even lift his eyes to heaven. And he says to God, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The tax collector humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. And Jesus says that this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. And then Jesus says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. Remember, God opposes the proud. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. As one commentator puts it, those who allow themselves to be humbled under God's mighty hand are those who will find grace when Jesus Christ appears. What an amazing promise to us in the midst of trials. But how do we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. What does humbling ourselves look like? Take a look at verse 7. Peter writes, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Peter wrote this to a church afflicted by suffering and distress, and so he knew that they had anxious thoughts. The call to humble ourselves here is relation to trust in God, to dependence in God. The way to humility under the mighty hand of God is to cast all our anxieties on Him. We all at this moment have many worries and things that are causing us to have anxiety. Concerns about our children, our job, our health, maybe something's going on with our family. Some of you are leaving for college and you have a genuine worry about leaving your house for the first time. What Peter is saying here is that when you don't take these things to God, you are being proud. Because in not bringing those things to God, we are saying that we can solve them in our own strength, So again, what are you concerned about? What is causing you to lose sleep? Is it something that you've brought to God? Have you cast all your anxieties on Him? Let's be honest, we often go to God as a last resort. We forget that this verse also says to cast all our anxieties on him. The verb is actually saying to, to throw them on him. Peter's saying, throw all your anxiety, throw all your worries on God, because he is the only one who has broad enough shoulders to hold them. And when we do this, we humble ourselves. And we express our trust and dependence in his mighty hand. Acknowledging that he is Lord and sovereign over all. We may be asking, how do we cast our cares on the Lord? How do we do this? Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We cast all our anxieties on God through prayer. Going to Him when the worry sets in, we confess to Him our weaknesses, we tell Him our needs and our anxieties, we beg for favor. And grace. And then we rest confidently, knowing that he has heard us. But do you notice, though, Peter does not tell us to just cast all our anxieties on the Lord without giving us some gospel motivation here? Look again at verse 7. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. If this doesn't move you, then I don't think you understand what it says. Who here does not want someone in their lives that truly cares for them? Raise your hand if you do not want someone in your life that truly cares for you. Here in God's word, God is telling you that he cares. The God of the universe cares for his people. He is the God who has said over and over in his word that he has a steadfast love for his people. Consider the fact that he loved his people so much that he gave his one and only son. This God has chosen to show you how much he cares for you by sending Christ to die on the cross your sins. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? How many times have we doubted that God actually cares? How many times have you doubted that God actually cares. That's probably the reason for most of the pride and sin in our lives, because we forget who God is, and we replace that with who we think he is. God cares for you. You are his children. See his care in wanting you to throw all your burdens on him. He cares about your worry about the gas prices right now as much as he cares about your concern for that family member who has cancer. Cast all your anxiety on him. In Matthew 6, verses 25 through 27, Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, Here, Jesus urges his followers to not be anxious, but to trust God who will meet their needs. God cares for you. And in 1 Peter, he says, Come to me. Tell me what burdens you. What are you afraid of? Cast all your anxiety on me. Don't leave anything out. I care. Isn't that what our hearts long for? Someone who cares. And in 2 Corinthians 1 3 through 4, God is described as the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all affliction. In Hebrews, it says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So now, do you see your need to be humbled? Christians humbly submit to their leaders. Christians humbly serve others and Christians humbly depend on God. To those here who aren't Christians, God's grace is available to you if you admit that you are prideful and humbly come to Jesus Christ. Outside of that, you will have no lasting comfort. Those who have not turn to God for the forgiveness of sins are at odds with him. God opposes the proud. Remember, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves and come to Jesus. And to the believers, consider God's care for you. He's providentially working and in control of the midst In the midst of your suffering, rest in his providence. God has promised that those who humble themselves will receive grace. Humble yourself. Repent of your prideful ways. Trust and submit to the leadership that God has provided for you, to care for you, to help you grow as a Christian. Consider others more important than yourselves, clothe yourselves with humility. And when worry surfaces in the midst of your troubles, cast all your anxieties on him. Don't fall into the sin of pride by letting worry overtake you. You may say to yourself, oh, this is just a waste of time to go to God in prayer again. Or I can handle this one on my own He's not concerned about this. Well, now you know from this text that those are all lies. The truth is that God tells you to cast all your worries, all your concerns on Him because He cares for you. And when we cast our cares upon God, we are free to love and serve others in humility. John Calvin says, We should dwell more on the thought that God cares for us in order, first, that we may have peace within, and secondly, that we may be humble and meek towards men. And then lastly, consider Christ, who perfectly humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. True humility comes from knowing and following Jesus Christ. Remember the gospel no one could ever give up more for such unworthy people. We have been served by Christ in this glorious way in the fact that he has died for us. We need to walk in humility because that's what it means to follow Jesus. When I see that I am a sinner and nothing but the, the blood of the Son of God On the cross could save me. I am humbled to the dust. And being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Death on a cross. Who cast his cares to God because he knew the Father loved him. Jesus said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Humble yourselves so that you may be exalted. Cast your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Humble Christians submit to their leaders. They serve others, and they depend on God. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful for your word this morning. We are humbled by the fact, Lord, that we know who you are, and we know who we are. And Lord, we confess that we are a prideful people We often consider ourselves over others. We are often more concerned about our comforts than caring for those who are in need. Lord, we also confess that we are prideful in the fact that we feel like we can handle a lot of the burdens that are going on in our lives. And yet, if we think about it, we can't. But we know someone who can. Lord, we're thankful for the reminder of the fact that we can come to you to cast all our anxieties on you and that they're not a burden to you. But you tell us that You want us to do it because you care for us. Lord, help us to be submissive to those that you have placed in authority over our lives. Lord, we pray that you would help us to in in humility to serve one another. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to depend on you and not depend on ourselves. For you are opposed to the proud, but you give grace to the humble. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.